This is Living Proof Radio, May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon-only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members-only library backlog. Patreon.com slash York. Yo, peace, everybody. For the month of October, we're releasing a zine with Rebo Eleni titled Amo La Noche, documenting his graffiti in Paris and New York City, featuring Parisian writers Stays and SE, South Eleni, Snen7, and more. The zine, as well as a Cash Forward episode, is available only through our Patreon with the money going to food drives we're going to be doing at Tompkins Square Park. We're going to be giving out hundreds of plant-based meals, as well as to-go bags of food to the hungry of downtown New York City. Super excited about this. So the first one is this Friday, October 8th from 4 to 6 p.m., The link to our Patreon is on our website, Instagram, and this episode's description. For those who don't know, last month we donated 6,000 meals to the LA Regional Food Bank with the help of Haler and all of our patrons. Immense thank you to everybody who supports us. Enjoy the episode. Peace. What's up, bro? Hello. Thank you What's for coming good, out here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, so you were saying um, that you've never done an interview before, right? No, this is my first time. Oh, yeah? Um, first first spotlight moment. Uh, yeah. Sick. Where are you from originally? Uh, from Texas. Oh, sick, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people are moving there right now. I know, right? Isn't that weird? But I guess a lot of my Texas friends in, are moving here, but we like it here a lot. So, But yeah, Texas is pretty cool, too. Yeah, why did you move to New York? uh it's just like the dream to to live here uh but more so for like a, for like a job thing i was trying to like chase my dreams at first with like the job career thing uh it didn't really work out and then like graffiti it like kind of got got back into graffiti i guess i wasn't really doing graffiti for a few years actually um but yeah once like the job shit wasn't working out like the graffiti thing was it just happened. So you didn't move here because of graffiti? No, definitely not. I honestly assume yeah. that that's, that was why. Because you kind of can't, yeah. you, you know, you do a lot of spots. You do a lot of high spots, yeah. a lot of uh, very visible, very high profile spots. So I'm yeah. like, oh, he probably moved here to just start crushing shit. No, th- that was definitely not the plan. I mean, I was like pretty intimidated of New York for graffiti at first. I Actually, I lived it for like a whole year without painting graffiti. I was like really nervous about it and scared and just like everything, like socially and like like actually doing it i mean it's just like i i couldn't comprehend how to paint with so many people everywhere and so many cops did you hear stories of like vandal yeah. squad and shit like that and that too it's like playing clothes cops like i was just like there's no fucking way like this sucks <laughs> and like at the same time i cared about job stuff so much i didn't want to like risk that too um was there a graph scene in texas yeah yeah there was um there was a sick graph scene in austin and um and houston too i mean mm-hmm. everywhere actually has a sick graph scene and they're all very different and uh i don't know like texas definitely like has some heavy hitters uh growing up like when i was a kid like looking up to next and of course all like you know tts and rtl in houston and then once I started going to school in Austin, uh, seeing like uh, all like the more fun, funky, I guess, you know, like, yeah, just more like more loose graffiti, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know how to explain it. Just, yeah, the, 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 those TCK dudes are like the coolest dudes and me and my friends looked up to them. And I think that place kind of like shaped my style more. 
And I'd say Houston's shaped like my more like I guess looking for spots, like looking how to get somewhere and climb somewhere and paint big and and like yeah that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. What's so, it like in terms of like authority out there? Like, do they take graffiti seriously? Is there a vandal squad out there? No, not when I was there. I'm sure at some point they did, but like uh, Houston, you know, it was pretty chill. Like after midnight, like there'd be no one out, so painting was pretty easy. Um, it's just driving around and like figuring out spots like planning things like i would drive from the suburbs like it wasn't even like a su- it was like a rural suburb it was like i kind of lived in like the country sort of it's like 45 minutes out and i would go and pick my friend up who, who wrote miyagi and uh, he was like my main partner and he lived in another suburb so i would be like 45 minutes to get him and then 30 minutes into the city so i'd have to sneak out of the house at midnight and that process was very tough um my parents were light sleepers and I drove my dad's truck actually, and that was pretty loud. So like, I had to like really finesse it every single weekend to like sneak out, and the whole the whole time I'm out, it's just scary as shit. Like I was more worried about my parents catching me than like cops. I didn't even think about cops actually. Oh, they still your parents were super strict. Yeah, they're you know first gen immigrant like Asian parents, mm-hmm. and uh, sneaking out and doing graffiti was like yeah, they don't want their son writing Lot Twenty Nine. Yeah, that was like <laughs> oh my god, like what the fuck. Like, now they don't really give a fuck too much, but I feel like I've broken down uh, graffiti to them in a more digestible sense, why it's not that bad, and it's, 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 it's you know, it's fine, so, but that was Houston for me. Uh, Austin, yeah, I didn't have to sneak out anymore, but there was definitely way more cops, and it's like a smaller city, and it's more uh, condensed, not like New York, but still, like, people are out all hours of the night, actually lots of cars and you're painting closer to the street whereas houston like you're painting off highways or you're, you're climbing and no one can really see you when you're painting awesome was like i got the first taste of painting street side and catching tags and that was like that's a different you know factor to it so in houston it's more of a thing to be climbing and shit like that yeah climbing and like painting off the highway like no one's gonna see you paint if someone sees you paint you're fucked actually you gotta get out but in austin it's like Actually, yeah, you probably don't want to get spotted either, but you just you still have to pay in front of people. Um, but yeah, I guess Austin's sort of more like a New York vibe, and Houston's more like a LA vibe, but not really, not at all. But like, if I had to pick, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, so so then you came here and you you lived here for a whole year before you started painting any graffiti. Yeah, exactly. I was like way too shook to paint here, uh, just because of the amount of people you kind of have to paint. I mean, you paint a lot of Manhattan, so yeah, you have to paint in front of people at that point. Yeah, so. At first, if I don't know if y'all noticed, but I didn't actually paint any street side for a while. Like I was only climbing. Like I didn't understand how you paint street side, and I was I just like refused to. And like I was just like I can't do that shit. Uh, the only way I'm gonna ever ever like paint something is if I climb to a spot. And uh, climbing to a spot was tricky. I was like, okay, well, how do you climb to these spots? Like I had to get really creative. Uh, you know, I, I bought a ladder. I have like ropes and. You know, uh, I take advantage of scaffolding a lot and, um, you know, fire escapes and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, it's it's definitely a struggle to paint in New York and it's a struggle to find good roofs. And you got it takes a lot of energy to, to find these spots and plan it out. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's crazy because I feel like you do that all the time. I feel like yeah. you find good spots all the time, man. I mean, well, thanks, I'll be yeah. just walking around and I'll see a spot that randomly you did and I'm like, 
Yo, has that ledge always been there? Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I'll just see spots, and I'm like, yo, how did no one do this before? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there was, like, a few really good spots where, like, a lot of friends pointed out to me, like, friends that weren't planning on painting them, like, that would visit me. Like, look at that spot. I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. Look at that spot. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to give them credit. But that kind of, like, gave me a mindset of things. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, you know, that was possible. Like, what else is possible? Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask, because I see, um, I was going to ask if, like, other people influence you because i see you painting like saddle a lot Dude, volvo yes. like those I'm, I'm sure they uh helped you out with like yes, new york city absolutely <laughs> so i would credit sato getting getting me into graffiti in new york city like uh he's definitely like a king i mean give him a lot of credit for sure i was just like skating at a park one day and uh he kind of just showed up and he's like yo like you're that dude like we, you know like i remember um because we actually i grew up in well i lived in austin right and uh, he's seen me be there before, like, at a skate park. And I was like, yeah, man, what's good? Like, you know. And he's like, dude, like, you need to come paint graffiti. Like, uh, now that you live here, this is, like, what I'm doing. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, you know. Uh, but eventually he got me out of the house for sure. And, um, yeah, a lot of credit goes to Sato for mm-hmm. getting me out. Um, but, yeah, a lot of influence on on my stuff. Like, a lot of people definitely like have helped me like shape who i am and so i want to give credit to them yeah your style is one of those things that as soon as you see it you know that you're from somewhere else the the spots that you're hitting and just like the shape of your letters it's just so strange like where did you you know like these influences just came straight from texas uh not really um hmm. a lot of my influence comes from my from my crew and ehc uh so they're always kind of like I don't know, like not exactly like, like, like letters or design, but more so just like thinking about spots, and just being strategic, and um, and like planning and stuff. And um, my letters and my and stuff like that, you know, I don't really think I have that great of letters, and I can't really like pick a certain style and stick to it. I always try and like I get bored and try and figure out new things, uh, but I think if I had to pick a certain aesthetic. Like, I think my my old roommate who uh, writes double and we were like good friends in college, like he put me onto a lot of g- good taste and graffiti and like clothes and design whatever and so I try and lean towards that area. But yeah, it was weird uh, when I started writing Lot Twenty Nine, which he gave me that name by the way. It was like um, it was like I was supposed to speak to a certain aesthetic. Like it was supposed to be like a meme in a way. Like I was, I'm only gonna do Looney Tunes characters. I'm only painting monochrome. And uh, I just wanted to do like chrome fills with like a little bit of black dust, and it had like everything had to be monochrome. But I, I didn't stick to it because I like soon found out that chrome is like not that cool and it fades. And I was just like, you know, these spots out here in New York are running at least you know a few months. Like I can't be using chrome. And I just like kind of ditched the idea and just started doing regular whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. When you go out to paint, like, do you? have an eye on like one specific spot or you just kind of wander around or is it depends on the night and yeah order? it's i mean i have a list and it's all like uh i definitely try and plan it out i definitely try and like take a picture of the spot and then go home and think about oh what would look good here uh you know i think like this spot could look cool if i did these colors and these letters and how much time now? i wonder how much time i have like maybe i can do something really big and mm-hmm. or maybe i could like create some kind of like uh like a like a 
barricade or like some something mm. that like blocked the view of people you know i, I like to do that do I you usually create. have lookouts for these for these high spots like for example the mm. spot on canal you did like this uh, old the dusty billboard. billboard no i had no lookout you know it was like friday night raining i was like feeling pretty bummed out i was just like man my life sucks like it's friday i'm not at a party i'm just like at home watching tv there's that fucking crazy billboard let's go fucking do it like i think it's an easy climb and like i get there it's like I don't know, like 1 a.m., like the worst time to paint in New York City you on think a so? Friday night. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe not. I don't know. Honestly, I can't figure it out with New York. Like, it's it's weird. But um, some nights are chill, some nights are not. And that night was not chill. There were, like, mad cops everywhere. Like, that's, like, cop, you know, cop, capital of cop. And I remember a cop just, like, U-turning, like, right in front of me in the middle of the street. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going home tonight. But, yeah, no one saw me. It was weird. And I was shook. I painted super fast, and I wanted to get out of there. You could tell, but like, but yeah, it's still there. Yeah, no, yeah. it is still there. What, yeah. what have you? What has been your experiences with the law in New York? Have you have you gone back here? No, not at all. And I like don't want to find out what happened. I mean, I've heard like okay things. I've heard like it's not that big of a deal, but like at the same time, I'm just like no, like I don't want to talk to these fools. Like these these guys are like, you know, probably not gonna be nice. I don't know. <laughs> and uh yeah just i don't know I, i've gotten lucky and like to be honest i don't even paint that much like i mean it looks like it but like like whenever i was like in my prime i guess like 2019 i was like painting like once a week i wasn't like going out like that yeah. the thing is it's the spots that you do yeah. you see like three roof spots if yeah. you're chilling downtown you see three roof spots in the mind you just saw like 30 things yeah but you just only saw three things but since they were crazy climb yeah. spots that you think that you saw more yeah i guess and that, i guess that's that like looking back at it i'm like oh shit like that's what happened mm -hmm. but like at the time i was like man like i'm not really like that you know i can't go out every night uh i have work in the morning uh let's just you know and sato was the one i was like yo come on like let's fucking go he's out every night and i was like dude like uh i can't you know but maybe like next week but um yeah just uh I guess, yeah, looking back at it now, I remember, like, going to work and seeing my spot get flicked, and, I, like, I was like, nice. The one spot I paint gets flicked. I got lucky. But then it happened with every spot. It was like, okay, well, that spot got flicked. So it was like every spot I did actually did get flicked, which is, like, to me, I felt like it was cheating. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't think it was exactly a proportionate, like, showcase, but I'm really grateful for it and, like, I guess, like, to give myself credit, like, I guess they were good spots, and, like, I guess they are flick-worthy, and, mm -hmm. like, I am happy about how things turned out, for sure. So, have you gotten chased at all? No. What? Yeah. <laughs> I hate running. I don't want to run. Like, oh, I guess, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm a, I've been lucky. And that's the thing. I don't really paint street side much. I, I didn't start painting street side until, like, this year. Or, like, you know, I might have dabbled around a little bit, like, you know, in Yeah, I don't really know. I've seen, like, lot. I saw one where you'd, like, it was, like, maybe half of a gate. Yeah. And someone did it on top. But just, like, little shit here and there. Nothing, yeah. like, boom, fucking. Yeah. Like, it's, I all, it's all high. Which is funny because, I don't know, I personally think that higher is maybe riskier just because, yeah. just because, like, although it's sometimes harder to see, if yeah. they do see you, where do you go? Exactly. And that's the thing is you, there there is, like, a lot of trade-offs. And, um. I feel like you get in more trouble if you're caught on a roof than if you are like painting a roll down because you're now it's kind of it looks like you're doing a burglary thing 
and it, it's like people inside like when you're on the fire escape like i've looked into people's windows and they're just there watching netflix on their laptops and they can't see me thank god but like i'm just like oh. they might think you're a burglar and try yeah, to shoot you exactly like if i saw someone mm-hmm. on my on my shit yeah i'd be fucking no i'd be like yo what yeah. what is this you know yeah uh, i've heard stories of people getting charged for like terrorism because exactly. of, like explosive materials they would just throw whatever they want because they weren't yeah. you know the cops weren't in the mood so they just like try to find anything they could exactly which yeah. wasn't graffiti yeah yeah and if you're on a roof with no escape plan yeah you're pretty fucked like i don't know how you're gonna get out of that like you know well what um, can your escape plan possibly be uh i always try and escape through the building um just, well that's like one of two options that's right? one of two options <laughs> the other yeah. one is just yeah. jump off the shit <laughs> run yeah <laughs> run down it. run across a bunch of buildings and hopefully like spider-man style yeah hopefully there's know, an end to it <laughs> you know there's been a lot of funny stories you know with just like I don't know. One time, like, me and Sato were hiding underneath, like, a patio because we were going through backyards. And this dude comes out smoking a cigarette, like, literally right above us. He's, like, literally a few inches. Like, it's, like, you know, like a metal patio. He's, like, right there. And Sato coughs. And the dude just pauses. And he just stares out, flicks a cigarette, went back in, and we're good. (laughs) But, like, man, I was... He probably was, like, I'm not going to look down because there's going to be two gremlin motherfuckers under my patio. And I'm going to get really scared. Yeah, luckily the dude looked pretty cool. Like, he looked like a skater dude. Like, he had, you know, toy machine boards on his walls. And I was like, yeah, this guy doesn't give a fuck. But, but at the same time, like, he doesn't want to know, like, two people, like, right, you know, underneath him. But, um, yeah, that was scary as shit. But, um, no, I've never got chased. But, like, here's the thing. It's like, it's, I mean, I've been chased, but I'm just not in New York. Um, I don't like it. And uh, try and minimize, you know, risk whenever I go out and paint um, for reward. And, uh, like, I think now I'm starting to paint more street side, but it's because, like, now I have more friends to have lookouts. Before, I I was painting alone a lot, and with Sato, and, like, just us. And so we didn't have, like, proper lookouts, and, like, we just, I don't know. I just didn't want to paint street side, or at least I wasn't comfortable with it until now. So, yeah. The cool thing know. about, like, painting Manhattan, I feel like, is a lot of the spots, like, downtown, um, if you're painting street side uh a lot of the people who are walking around don't necessarily live there yeah so they don't necessarily care if you're painting their neighborhood if you go somewhere like some neighborhood in south brooklyn yeah. where everyone lives there yeah. they know the owner of that business yeah it's, it's bad yeah, exactly. you're gonna run into like way more heroes there exactly and that's the thing is like if you're painting street side yeah i feel like it's best just have as many people as possible around you uh so if i was to paint street side i would go earlier mm-hmm. like saturday like 8 p.m to like you know like when it's popping and shit and when there's tons of cars and if a cop does pull up on me you know uh getting away is just like run a few blocks and just hang out with other people and mm-hmm. just fit in but yeah i would never or i, I mean i have but like i feel like painting street side late at night and, and during the sketchy hours and it's just like it's bad a, idea yeah. it's i mean it's doable i definitely do it a lot but it's just like yeah it's just like just get you might get rolled up on you're fucked you know i don't know do you think 8 p.m is better uh well, it depends on the situation it depends on the street um if it's like a main street i would rather do it earlier with lots of traffic and people but i don't know like sometimes i just i'm just not out at 8 p.m like i'm just like doing something else Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just like mentally tell myself, okay, I'm not gonna paint till like 1 a.m. tonight, mm-hmm. and that's like it's just like a habit, I guess. 
but I was gonna ask, like, do you prefer painting alone or with people? Because you know, like Scuff has that interview, like mm-hmm. graffiti separates us from like the average person. Yeah. Like in, in sort of way, like graffiti is like a personal like um, escape, you know? Yeah, for sure. I was gonna ask, like, what does graffiti mean to you? And or like, do you prefer painting alone with it? You know? Yeah, I love. I mean, I love painting alone for sure. But I also love painting with friends. I don't want to be like total like antisocial, like homie. But uh, when I first moved here, it was alone or with Sado because. It, that's all I didn't have any friends and like I don't know um, yeah but painting alone's cool because you have the whole spot to yourself and you can go as big as you want and be in control of the situation um, and there is like that certain high you get when you're painting alone it's like ah this is really relaxing I, I kind of like this yeah. uh, when you're painting with a homie it's also sick because you're with a homie it's like yeah I'm with my friend like I'm going out we're having fun yeah. you know and we're in this together but at the same time, I'm also like, man, this is my spot. And shit hits the fan. I'm going to feel really bad if we both get wrapped. Like, but I don't know. They're, they both have their pros and cons, for sure. Um, me, personally, like, I'm not very social. I'm actually hella shy. Like, coming on this interview, I was like, I was like fuck. Like, I'm fucking nervous. But, like, yeah, like, it takes a while to warm up to people for me. Mm-hmm. But eventually I do. Um, but, yeah, meeting people scares the shit out of me. So probably, like, well, I don't paint with too many people, but I feel like this year and last year I've made a lot of friends and we've been going out and yeah. Yeah. So, so you think you mainly just started painting in New York because of Sado? Yeah, I would say so. And like also because job shit didn't work out. So what was the job shit? Uh, so I was like, I'm not going to go into specific company names, but I was trying to be like a fucking producer at some media company. You know, doing like video shit and documentation. I love filming skateboard videos. It's like was like my main thing in high school it's not my main thing anymore but i would like for it to be at least but at the time i was like i just got this job at this media company it wasn't like the video shit it was something else it was more relative to i guess like the degree and the background i have but i was trying to move my way into the video shit and the video thing didn't work out because i think i was just like too i was just rushing the process like Mm -hmm. um at the company i like won a reward and I was like, I think this is going to work. I think people really fuck with my my vision and I'm going to ignore my current job and just try and move as quickly as possible into the position that I want. Mm. Like chase my dream type shit. And I got shut down real quick. I got, I guess, quote unquote, laid off, but I guess fired is a more appropriate feeling for me. Uh, and at that moment, I was like, well, this sucks. And... I think I, I went to I went to Barcelona right afterwards and made a graffiti video with all my best friends and my crew, and I was like, well, you know, what? I had a lot of fun making this graffiti video, and I think at the end of the day, like I don't have to work for a company to do what I love to do, and here I am just doing what I want to do, but that's like the first set of chain of events that kind of just snowballed into doing more graffiti in New York, um, because. Traveling to Barcelona and doing graffiti, like, I wasn't scared of that, you know. I mean, I kind of was, but it was like, it was like New York. When I got back to New York, I was still like... They have a, they have a really good graffiti scene. Yeah. It's, it's honestly like, grilled. The highways, yeah. from the moment you leave the airport, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's awesome. So, yeah, fucking traveling and doing graffiti is like the sickest shit. And, like, I definitely feel unstoppable. But living in the city and painting where I live, it's like a different... Uh, mentality it just feels like now it interferes in my life more um 
Yeah, and uh, eventually, I don't know, like, like, yeah, it took a while for me to warm up to New York City and be like, okay, let's go paint, you know. Yeah, so that's why when you came here, you didn't know anyone, because you straight up only came here for a job. Yeah, pretty much. I had, like, a few friends, for sure, like, but it wasn't like, I don't know, I, I guess I, I just felt alone, because leaving, like, my hometown. Yeah, where you know everything, you yeah. know everyone. Yeah, and just, like, a new place, it's New York City scary as shit uh not really but like you know for graffiti at least mm -hmm. yeah i didn't understand it so yeah how did you say your experience has been like just living here when you first got here versus how it is now yeah it's sick now like um a lot of my skateboarder friends have moved here and now it's great uh and i've made a lot of new friends and you know i actually really like people here and everyone's really Great, actually. Uh, at first, I felt the opposite. About I was like, everyone's here is fucking fake. I don't like anyone here. But that's not true. I was obviously being biased and just, you know, bummed out. I mean, it's true to a certain extent, but, like, we all are. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, like, I just... Now it's like I love it. I, I never want to leave. So, yeah. So you have no plan. What, what are you doing? Uh, you don't have to go into specifics, but, like, for a job. So you were on here trying to chase your dreams and it yeah. kind of seems like you gave up on that and started writing graffiti yeah. more uh what are you doing now in terms of like career and money wise yeah so now i'm just unemployed you know sponsored by the u.s government uh <laughs> state and federal it's great but i deserve it i've been paying a lot of taxes so i i needed this honestly um but yeah right now i'm unemployed and i'm trying to figure it out i have no idea like i've been actually pretty unmotivated this year like, i've been just chilling uh i mean how can you be motivated i mean in terms of like you know you're getting free money yeah and then you're just painting graph yeah. and chilling and making I'm, videos and yeah i'm you know? like not i'm not even making video like i was supposed to be making hell escape videos and i made one last year but then like i just i don't know me and my friends just maybe i can't blame them too much but i don't know like yeah covid happened and then i like dipped out for a second. i actually you know i got a girlfriend i'm chilling comfy with her we actually went to montana for like months and just kind of, I actually wasn't in New York City for most of 2020. Um, and then, like, I don't know, like, it just, skate vibes were, like, low. Because it's a, I guess it's like a pandemic. And, you know, we're just, we're just out here just existing. And for a minute, I think it's good to, like, to stop being on this wave of, oh, I have to be productive every day. Like, oh, I have to make, what's the next video? Uh, you know, whereas before, like, that's all I was doing was just, like, what am I going to make next? But now it's like, I don't want to make anything. I just want to chill. You never thought about like making um, like merchandise with like your throw or something? Because in a way, it's already iconic. Like yeah. a lot of people in New York City know you who you are. Yeah, oh, I think shit. you could honestly make some money off like canvases or something. People, I mean, people yeah. in the world, I mean, there's no debating. Maybe, obviously not on some like, like OG legend mm -hmm. shit, like VFR or like, yeah. or like, or like, or like any of these people like that. But the moment that you're on a thing like Carnage, yeah. you know, you we could like, like not say anything about it but clearly mother that's like everyone follows that if you're yeah. interested in graffiti around the world like you follow that and people really pay attention to that shit like the kids who follow that around the world they mm -hmm. see it if you're up on that it doesn't matter like th they'll think that you know like oh it's like part of this like exclusive little club and shit like that yeah you know i didn't really think about it much that's why that's the problem with me is like i i completely just kept graffiti like like as like a thing where i'm like oh i'll just go do it like skating mm -hmm. but i never really thought about you know making merch or or even capitalizing on it which i feel like i i, I really need to because i'm so poor right now you know, unemployment is actually not enough 
Um, but yeah, I, it's, I think the truth is that I never really felt or saw myself in that light. I mean, like I got hints, like when people like would talk to me and it was definitely like, if that made me feel good, but I, I, I think intrinsically, I never felt that way. I was like, mm-hmm. I actually didn't put in that much work. Like, you know, like there are so many amazing writers in New York city that put in so much more work than me and all over the world too, where I'm just like, damn, and they're never going to get talked about or like people just don't talk about them. But like, yeah, in some aspect, like I do feel like, oh, well, actually I have put in work and maybe I could take it to the next step. And, you know, but I think the truth is I'm not actually really fully satisfied with like how much work I put in. I feel like I've lived there for three years. I went pretty hard for one year and I'm kind of trying to get back more to where at that point now this year. I feel like I still have a long way to go before I can, like, say, yeah, I fucking killed it, New York City, no, you know? No, of course, yeah, I mean, but, like, one year is essentially nothing, like, yeah. people do this shit for, like, in New York for fucking 10, 15, 20 years, yeah. and still don't make merch, Yeah, like you know I'm, what I mean? Exactly, and I'm, like, I'm like baffled how people go all city, I'm like, what the fuck, like, how do these fools go all city? I'm, like, you know, all, all, uh, all near Williamsburg Bridge area, you know, uh, <laughs> with a radius of 0.5 miles fuck man uh but nah like definitely like i definitely was going through a moment in 2019 i had a huge quarter life crisis and i was uh going kind of crazy in it sort of but yeah i don't know i still want to go harder before I, I like really you know dip into to that stuff but I guess right now I'm like thinking maybe, maybe I should fucking do the shit. I should are, fucking. Are you make... currently uh, painting right now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, not not really actually. This winter, not really. I've been I've been snowboarding a lot, so I really like snowboarding, and uh, I've been just like fucking being in the mountains and shit and doing that, and I found a lot of new snowboarder friends, and I've just been like happy with that. But I think uh, me and Volvo painted like a few nights ago, and that was sick and also scary um so yeah i think now it's like time to get back into the shit time to fucking start looking for good spots and start plotting on how can i uh one-up myself from a few summers ago and yeah do you ever do more than one climb spot a night yeah but not really uh when i uh i think volvo wants to paint multiple spots a night that's really sick but not really. I was only, actually no. I only planned like one spot a night. Like if I got done at like one a.m., I'm like, yes, I get to go home and sleep. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, that mentality is very new to me. So, yeah, I don't know. Like it was always one spot a night until like recently. Now it's been like, okay, let's keep painting until like we're tired, especially in the summer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. No, I think you're definitely painting New York City correctly. Like in terms of longevity and like the spots you're hitting, yeah. I think like. You know, there could be someone that just paints gates, for example, for yeah. five years and goes all city. And then, like, the buff goes through. And then, like, a new kid coming up, they might not even know about him. But, yeah. like, like you maybe painting for a shorter period of time, hitting high spots that yeah. are harder to buff. People are like, oh, shit, I know him. Like, he's up. Like, yeah. that shit's been there probably for, like, 20 years. Who knows? You know? Yeah, thanks, man. So that's like, pretty sick. Yeah. Fucking, you know, I didn't mean it to be that way. I was just, like, kind of like, man, I'm just going to climb these spots because it's, like, I'll have more time to paint. And I feel like people won't see me. But at the same time like I started realizing these spots are running for months and years and I'm like what the fuck what's wrong with this place cuz you know in Texas they buffed every week 
there are, it was many occasions where I would paint a spot, like, and then I would drive to go get flicks, like, the next day, like, pretty early in the morning, and it's gone. And I'm like, what? Okay. Yeah, New York's buff is really sick. Yeah. It's How like, it, like, borderline compared to other places doesn't exist. I don't understand it. It's crazy. No, the, I, yeah, it's crazy. And the truth is, I think it's because so many people paint here, and there's a nice community, and they just can't keep up. That's why New York is so sick. Whereas Texas, you know, it was only like 10 of us at a time, like two crews, five of us in each crew, just going in. And the buff was like, ah, these kids, like, fuck them. <laughs> they can't win. Like, yo, we're the buff. Isn't Man. it crazy that a major city like Austin can only have 10 active riders? I know. Well, Austin There's... had a little bit more riders than Houston. Oh, is Houston the one that had five and five? Yeah. Well, I don't need, not, okay, I mean, that's not necessarily true. I'm exaggerating. Yeah. But there weren't, like, it wasn't like, that much at least in my time period i'm sure okay Houston has a crazy history of graffiti that is you know that is super sick actually um but whenever i started doing graffiti it wasn't like that that generation had moved on like next uh, started crushing new york and all over the country and detroit and whatever and so um but growing up seeing houston getting crushed was awesome and there was way more people but when I started, it was like me and my five friends and, you know, the other crew that, you know, yeah, they went in too. They went probably, you know, they were doing it way longer than we were. And like, that's just how it was. There's just not many of us. Austin was a different story for sure. Uh, every kid that was, cause I guess Austin has a more out scene, you know, like fucking they're into more like, what's the word? I don't want to say hip. But, you know, art shit. They're in the art shit. They're art kids with, mm-hmm. like, art families. And, yeah, graffiti was, like, it's, like, an art thing. And so they just do it, you know. So more kids in Austin do graffiti. Or at least that's why I felt like, you know. For the Canal Street spot that you that we were talking about, how did you get up onto that one? Did you climb up to just the front? No, I, like, I, like, had to go horizontal for a sec. I, like, just walked up this, you know, stoop and then climbed onto some awnings and went horizontal up into the temple and then like what do you mean by you went horizontal you know like like oh, okay okay yeah yeah along the fucking along the x-axis of a graph just you yeah, know yeah. just climb sideways and then drop down onto the fucking billboard and i was like all right if some shit happens i'm climbing up this billboard it's like a ladder and i'm gonna fucking hide in a temple or some shit but luckily it didn't happen and it was chill and i i pulled it off in like a minute or two like just real 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 scared and shook but it looks all right, you know? It's it's crazy because, like, like you said, it's still yeah. there. How long ago did you do that? Like a year? Yeah, like two years ago. That's almost. Insanity. Man, I wish I didn't do Chrome. By the time, I was like, I only have to do monochrome because that's like the brand of Lot 29. If you look at the airbrush shirts, it's like a lot of monochrome. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't do color. So I'm an idiot, and I did Chrome and, and Copper, and it looks fine, but, like, I feel like I didn't hear about the thing where, like, Chrome didn't carry as much weight as, like, black and white. I didn't, I didn't get that memo until, like, I heard about it later. So, now I feel like an idiot. But it's there. Fuck it, you know? How often do you point, uh, clean trains? Oh, shit. I don't do those at all. Because <laughs> I saw in your story on the... on the. Oh, yeah. It was like... was So, that wasn't you? Nope. That wasn't me. Oh, shit. I, I figured it don't, was. I don't do those. But it's all good. <laughs> don't worry. No, I've traveled in pain, though. For sure. Uh, how often do I do it? Not as often. Um, it's definitely not my focus. But... The reason why is because not enough people do them. I feel like if more people did them, 
it'd be really sick. And in a way, in my heart, I definitely feel like that was like the true essence of graffiti. Um, so it's definitely like, yeah, I only go travel to like countries that aren't very strict about it and do them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just like, I don't want to go to jail for a long time. I want to, <laughs> I want to like pursue my dreams, whatever that means. Basically just be a part of this stupid capitalist system and, you know, not actually live my true dreams. But, you know, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. But no, yeah. So you were talking about like AI and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you're now you're saying about like, you know, I want to, I want to live my dreams, not be a part of the stupid capitalist yeah. system. Yeah. Um, how do you think that AI is going to change the essence of like capitalism in the world we live in? Oh, hmm. I mean, it'd be a, if the plan goes to plan, it should be pretty utopic. Uh, we should be able to do whatever we want for the rest of our lives. And, uh, man, I don't even know where to start. Like, uh, fucking. I guess let's start like for people who are maybe, uh, not as uh, understanding of like the AI taking right. over shit idea is like the idea that uh, AI is essentially just going to uh, replace humans one at a time, mm -hmm. but not in a way that people think of like iRobot, us versus yeah. you, like we're going to kill each other yeah. type shit. But in a way where it's like where we once needed cashiers, mm -hmm. uh, now we don't. But then it becomes oh, yeah. where we once needed like, let's say... Uh, a janitor yeah. now we don't and slowly but surely no longer do humans have to do mundane jobs uh -huh. and because those are all taken care of yeah. so basically our basic needs are taken care of mm -hmm. and now we can do shit that's creative like if i like to design bottles like glass mm -hmm. bottles or if i like to design fucking whatever or if yeah. i don't like design anything yeah. and i like to just chill on my ass and play yeah. call of duty like you can because all of our needs are taken care of from the food that we make to even almost all of healthcare. Yeah. So that's like kind of the idea we're talking about. And uh, yeah, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. All right. So that's like all of it right there. But yeah, um, I used to work at an AI company and shit. And the, so I am pretty biased about it. I want my, I want my listeners to know that I am biased about it and that it could go many ways. But the whole thing is this, is that a long time ago in the 1800s, these old dudes who were really smart. Uh, one of them was Karl Marx, but you know, a lot of old dudes who were really smart were like, look, uh, eventually capitalism is going to run its course. And uh, at some point, technology will allow us to produce things, enough things to where society can run itself. And yeah, they were talking about technology, like Moore's Law, and how things just exponentially get more, you know, technological and automated. And for a long time, you know, people looked at it as a bad thing. And the truth is, is that it did kind of play out as a bad thing. Like whenever uh, robots took over people's jobs in the car factory with laborious work, when they outsourced blue collar jobs, like now a lot of blue collar workers were not protected and they lost their jobs and they couldn't make a living. And a lot of towns, you know, eventually collapsed. And um, now they're saying that AI is going to outsource white collar jobs like now they could start to think sentiently and take over white collar jobs like financial analysts and even lawyers definitely accountants and even software engineers so where does that leave us humans to do any kind of job and that's like kind of like everyone just runs into the dead end and the ultimate answer is 
well, wait a minute, we're not even supposed to be fucking doing jobs in the first place. Like, we're, we're like, programmed to just vibe and chill in nature and eat and shit, you know? Like, we weren't trying to actually... When did we ever, like, start thinking about, oh, I gotta go and work in a bank or, you know, do all this shit and whatever the capital structure of society is. And, um, and yeah, so they predicted that, okay, well, if all the jobs are now outsourced by robots and computers, like, what's that mean? Like, how are people going to produce? And, you know, like, just like buy things and like how are they gonna make money blah blah, blah. and the, tr the truth is, is that well if the computers are doing all the work well then you know we need then then there has to be an output and what's that output is i think the answer that's universal income and um yeah like really it's come to a point where society can sustain itself and we don't have to do anything and people are like well i like working i want to work like it gives me a purpose and the truth is as well you can still work, but you can work on what you want to work. Mm -hmm. You could be creative and be a human being and do what you want to do. And like, who knows? Like, that's definitely better for society. I think like if people weren't so fixated at their one job, they could do what they want and come up with solutions to bigger problems in the world. Like maybe like some kid didn't have to fucking be uh, an engineer at an X company, and instead he uses engineering skills to create something else that some kind of software or whatever or technology that even benefits even more you know and yeah like about like the the decrease of blue collar jobs where these people get outsourced and shit like that isn't it the argument that like so some people say like oh when when like ai comes in it takes away a bunch of jobs but mm -hmm. isn't that isn't that thought process like um those people who say that more or less think that there's, let's say, a fixed number of jobs. Like, there are 100 jobs, so if AI takes 20 of them, now mm -hmm. there's only 80. But it doesn't really work like that yeah. because there's infinite jobs. It's a matter of, like, we're making these shits up as we go along. Yeah. Like, oh, like, shit gets dirty. I guess we need a cleaner now. Oh, like, cleaner guy wants, like, a massage on his feet, and now we need a massage person. There's always yeah. going to be something that... It's just about, like, our creativity. Mm -hmm. And we can, I guess... We, meaning like, I don't know, people on top can choose which ones to outsource and which mm -hmm. to not. But in reality, I think that if they, if the brute force ones that everyone more or less hates doing got mm -hmm. outsourced, why would that? I mean, there'd be a problem in the beginning in like the shift of changes when like in that middle, like that middle ground where there's a gap where like we don't have a system to protect these people. Mm -hmm. But if we can see it coming, which we kind of seems like we can, yeah. we could probably, you know what I mean? Like right now, how many people... Just like outside of AI, how many people's jobs just went to thin went air? To shit. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people are still like most people, I think, are still protected yeah. in some sort of way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't think that it necessarily has to be like the worst thing in the world. Exactly. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's just more like, you know, identity and stuff, which I think I want to put graffiti in this perspective for a sec. That graffiti is like the reason why, ah, like I could actually live my life and do what I want to do and not make money because it's purely intrinsic. I don't make money from graffiti and like be happy. And the job thing, like obviously capitalism sells us the job thing, whereas, ah, be what you want to be and make and you'll be successful and you will make money. That to me is bullshit. And like, yeah, it's true, but like it's, it's also like kind of mass advertised to get you to just be a uh, OH slave or some kind of just part of the system and whatever, um, you know. So I think people are very conditioned to want to work and to do these things, not because they're chasing their dreams, but 
I don't know. They think they're chasing their dreams, and if that's taken away from them, then their whole life is taken away from them. And I think people just need to chill, find another outlet, and think about things a little differently. Because at the end of the day, like, uh, there's a lot of flaws, uh, and we don't a lot of flaws in what in like just like power and capitalism, mm-hmm. and people don't see these things because you know, I don't know. It's hard for me to explain. So if we if if AI did what we're saying that hopefully it does you, you're saying that uh we wouldn't have a capitalist structure anymore yeah capitalism would get flopped on its head and that's the reason why it hasn't happened it's because people in power don't want it to happen i mean think about it like how can you possibly be a billionaire or you know have power when now you've given people so much power uh you have to keep people under control you have to keep them to be wage slaves you know people have to work for you and they have to worship you, you have to have them worship you and work for you there's no way like even though uh, they predicted that capitalism would run itself, like if you had the power, like you wouldn't let that happen. Like, and that's why we're not running ourselves. There. Like we're only supposed to be working a few hours a week in productivity, not few, but like ten or twenty or some shit. Instead of working like at least forty, and for most people it's sixty to eighty. So it's actually getting worse, you know. Uh, the work and like everything is is becoming less rewarding. Like, obviously, our system is failing. Like, cost of living has gone up, but wages have stayed the same. Like, that's not, that doesn't sound, you know, that sounds a bit weird mm-hmm. from an economic standpoint. Like, it's not supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. And it's because politics and and billionaires and people who don't, you know, people who are in control, the elite class, obviously want that not to happen. They want the opposite to happen. They want to get rich and even more rich. And they want us to be even more poor and productive at the same time. And uh, yeah, I have my crazy conspiracy theories for sure. But yeah, I mean, no, like- I, I noticed this from my experience also because I work in the construction industry. And like, in, for example, when I was non-union because I'm a plumber, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this really sucks. Like yeah. all these people are super depressed. Like they hate their jobs. They're working their ass off. Like no breaks. Like for the man, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, when I, when I get into the union, like I heard it's chill. Like that's the top, like yeah. it's utopia, like the best thing ever. Yeah. Like it's just ideal working conditions, you know? Yeah. And then I got in and four years later, I'm realizing like these people are super numb to like their job. Yeah. Like they don't want to be there every yeah, single day. Sure. And I think it's just in my head. I'm like, oh, I'm just looking at the negative side of it. Yeah. But these people clearly tell me that they dread it. Like, Monday yeah. comes, they're like, oh, fuck, Monday, Monday. And they're like, yeah. oh, Friday, yes, Friday, finally. Like, yeah. it's the best thing ever. And it's just yeah. like a cycle, you know? Exactly. So it makes you think, like, yo, if, like, so many people consistently feel this way. Like, there must be something wrong. I don't think it's just the people, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. So, like, the whole system should, I feel like we're not meant to work 40 hours a week doing yeah. something that we genuinely don't want to be doing. Because these people I work with, they have passions that they yeah. gave up because they have a job and they have to take care of their families they don't have any other choice yeah. and there's like not enough time in the day to pursue creative like mm-hmm. things you know like i'm lucky i you know like i don't have children i don't have a wife or a house or a mortgage to like you know devote all my time to or like you know i don't have no time for myself but now i have this because i don't have those things but those people they're grown-ass people and you know they don't have no time for themselves they like give up on their physical bodies they give up on their mental like it's just like it's kind of depressing honestly <laughs> like and it's like the capitalist system that yeah, you're exactly. talking about just like fuck being healthy uh and just work your ass off so that you could pr- eat healthy foods uh mm-hmm. afford healthy foods oh, dude it's so weird um but people don't see it that way and uh 
Yeah. Do, so you think that uh, capitalism is a more so negative thing? Because if you do yeah. look at the history of capitalism, it has been one of the main causes to bring the majority of the world out of like straight up abject poverty and like yeah. it has changed a lot of things for the better mm-hmm. and when you compare it to the other systems that exist like maybe socialism or communism or and you look at all the countries that have tried everything mm-hmm. and then the countries that have tried capitalism are always far better off mm-hmm. it depends what lens you look at it but like there are some ways that you can just almost with absolute truth say like this one was better off mm-hmm. and i think that like the bottom line is like we're just humans Mm -hmm. so we don't have this like perfect system that just works so everyone there's how many people living per country of course the system will favor some and not others exactly and like there's an there's like an argument that like capitalism is the reason that we've had so much innovation the reason that like this technology that is bringing about ai Mm -hmm. has even become a thing because we put value on something that doesn't have value but as long as everyone believes it does Humans will work so hard and innovate new things to accumulate that thing, which is money, then leading to shit like AI that can one day maybe bring us out of this, um, you know, like the system we're currently in, hopefully for something better. But I'm sure that in that system that right now we've just painted as really amazing, which Mm -hmm. is AI, uh, like AI working for us. And like, basically there are slaves, but they don't have like sentient consciousness. So they're chilling. Like it doesn't matter if there are slaves. Like... There's going to be bad shit with that, too. There is, yeah. Like, sure. some people might fucking hate it and be like, robots run our world. Yeah. And we're here like, that would be the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. But it's because we don't live in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, who knows? I'm sure that on paper, uh, the person who made up this capitalist shit was like, yo, this is going to be amazing. Like, you could literally work, like, capital- capitalism makes a system where you can work, like, making art. Mm-hmm. Because art, like... You, you need to have to be able to sell that to someone. You have to have a lot of value on money. Mm-hmm. You can work like making your own little business selling furniture mm-hmm. or shit like that. that wouldn't otherwise be able to happen. Um, but I'm sure that the people who saw, like wrote that on paper didn't think to themselves like millions of fucking construction workers betrayed by life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. And that's the thing is that capitalism is actually super necessary. But at the same time, socialism is super necessary to maintain capitalism. Because if you don't regulate capitalism, then it's going to go a shot. Because in capitalism, there's a winner and there's a loser. There's not many winners. It's probably just one winner. And yeah, it's not a level playing field at all. But even if it was, there's still going to be a winner. So essentially, in order, it sounds like counterproductive. But in order to make capitalism healthy and to be even more productive... Um, you got to regulate cheaters and people who want to use capitalism for bad and for their own good. Mm-hmm. So I think the best model to look at are certain European countries, I guess. It sounds so cliche. And it's not going to work for our system. But, you know, a lot of these European countries use hybrid systems that maintain uh, progressive technology that capitalism produces, you know, uh, just the productivity that they, they can make and the wonderful things that they could do with capitalism, but at the same time, you know, uphold that to, like, to make sure it doesn't end up being, like, unregulated capitalism. Like, you know, was, like, like my old economics professor was, like, Russia capitalism, you know, where it's, like, yeah, man, like, they, they really do all kinds of business meetings out there, like, like, not... They don't play by the rules like you could get assassinated <laughs> you know things like that just like where like 
there's influences that shouldn't be there. Yeah. It should be a more fair game, but in a lot of places it's not. So, and yeah, for me, especially growing up in an immigrant family that came from Vietnam, um, my parents hated communism. Like, they were not about it. The communists took everything from them. And I don't, like, like, like literally, like, communism became the ultimate evil that said it wouldn't become because yeah like that's just how it played out it sucks but it didn't really work out and vietnam is more capitalist than we are and very few people there are very rich and most of the people there are starving and that on paper is much worse than what it is in america so i'm super grateful to be you know living the life that we live here but at the same time like damn like there's a lot of it's not black and white and there's a lot of things that shouldn't have happened that happened and i don't know yeah you said this thing that uh, reminded me of something that i read and you said that in a capitalist uh society there are winners and there are losers Mm -hmm. but i just have like a thought on that that's kind of different um i think that there's a difference between there being winners and being losers and then there being everyone well off and almost at this like bare minimum of evenness and then like where everyone's essentially like a king of the past yeah um because like it's funny so what i read was essentially that in capitalism of of course this is a very biased view Mm -hmm. of like what i read but in capitalism everyone wins because Mm -hmm. if rich man a man makes iphone Mm -hmm. he wins because he makes a bunch of money and now everyone has iphone yeah so now everyone has something that gives them infinite entertainment and knowledge and communication with the outside world Mm -hmm. for very cheap compared to you know how this is like an advanced computer of the past Mm -hmm. you would have to be a millionaire billionaire to have Mm -hmm. this thing but since man a made it possible for everyone to have it Mm -hmm. then like you know what i'm saying like everyone wins or or someone makes a train uh, a transit system yeah because they want to have money in their pocket he wins because he gets money in his his pocket or her pocket and then everyone else wins because we have now free transportation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not free, but like yeah, yeah. it could be free very easily. It's a betterment of society. Yeah, and you like two seventy five to get yeah. anywhere you want. It's a betterment of everyone just won. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying I'm not like oh, no, pro no, no, yeah, capitalism. Yeah, yeah. I'm just no, like yeah. devil's advocate. We shit. have we have to bring up these topics because yeah. I forget to bring them up, and and like there are explanations to them. Yeah, yeah, sure. and like I'm just thinking like. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, of course there's winners and there's losers, but I just think me personally, maybe I'm biased, but that's like a part of life. Like yeah. we're not born into even situations. And even if AI comes along, there are motherfuckers who are still going to have exactly. to like do some crazy shit. And they're going to be like, how is 99% of the world chilling? And yeah. I have to do this crazy shit. Yeah. I, I don't think that there's a system where everyone is equal. And if it is, I think the world will just literally explode no, it, because it's, it's just not meant yeah, to happen. It's not realistic at all. Also, though, like, it's super doggy dog out there, but at the same time, in order to uphold these systems of capitalism, like, I also think, for example, um, how can I like, explain? I have it pictured in my mind. Like, for example, um, a country is better off when most people are working. Uh, it's better off when it's most productive, that everyone has, you know, some sort of motivation, some sort of drive, some sort of way of, like, you know, like, how can I make, like, this country essentially like my family better like everyone has to do something now what happens if like for example something happens where 
only a few of those people in that country have the power to not have people to come up with these awesome ideas that could create that could create a new iPhone. What if this one guy was like, well, I'm going to create the iPhone, but everyone else is not, and I'm going to make sure everyone doesn't. And so essentially what happens is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compare uh, countries, for example. So one country is going to make one iPhone, and um, it's just like, okay, well, there, here's one iPhone, and everyone benefits from it. But wouldn't it be better if, what if, like, everyone had the opportunity to make the iPhone, but they don't. They make other things. So let's, let's like, dive into education real quick because I feel like I can paint a better picture. Let's talk about privatized education and public education. Um, in America, it costs a lot of money to go to college and to go to a good college where, like, jobs would want to hire you and, like, where you can get good resources to make cool things. And so in a way, it's like in America, it's like, Okay, so y'all, like, if you want to, like, go to these really cool schools and, like, really good places, like, you got to have a lot of money. And if you don't, well, you're going to have to be really, really excellent. You have to be really, yeah. Yeah. But in Germany, it's actually, so in America, it's harder to get into these private schools. Yeah. Uh, that are really elite and they cost a lot of money. In Germany, it costs, it's, it's actually the opposite. And the private schools, like, cost a lot of money and the public schools cost no money. But it's harder to get into the public schools. Because in Germany's eyes, they're like, well, you can get a better education in a public school because we actually want to invest in our people. We want to invest in all our students to make cool things and to create cool technologies. In the private school, well, that, that's just the schools for like where the kids who have money who still want to go to school, but they didn't actually get into like the good school, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they think of it like that. Whereas America, it's like, oh, um, well, if you want to get into like a sick school, like you got to think about yourself and how much money you can make afterwards. We're gonna sell you this idea where if you go to this good school, you're gonna get a good job and you're gonna make a lot of money for yourself. Whereas in Germany, it's like, uh, hey, like we wanna really invest in y'all and work in our companies and here is free, awesome education. Uh, if you can get in, sick. Like we're gonna really focus on you and you're gonna make the betterment of like total collective. And so, yeah, it's like, it's kind of backwards and what's going on is in america it's like the reality is rich people just want to keep people rich like themselves rich they don't want poor people to come up like they their objective and around academics in general is to keep rich people rich and poor people poor and in the whole macro scheme it's a lot better when the whole country has resources and education and to have the drive to make things and want to do things whereas in America, it's actually quite limited to a few people, to a couple privileged people, and the majority of the lower class, middle class people are just kind of just pawns and you know laborers, and, and I don't know. Mm -hmm. But American capitalism, capitalism has been pretty crazy. Like a lot of crazy things have come out of America that are very innovative, and in my opinion, it's because like our way of capitalism is pretty fucking crazy that we're able to just pull off the gnarliest shit. People are just like so what? Let's see, like, I guess, like, let's think about, like, subcultures for a second. You know, like, subculture didn't come out of Europe. That came out of here. Yeah. It's because we're fucking crazy, and we come from, like, these gnarly, like, circumstances. And people were able to make a positive thing out of a negative thing. You know, that's just one example. How come you um, think, like, hardcore graffiti, skateboarding, hip-hop yeah, didn't come out of, like, communist Vietnam? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like... Well, I don't want to say Vietnam because they were in another world, mm -hmm. trying to keep it in like the Western yeah, okay, okay. hemisphere for a sec. And uh, yeah, I just think it's because, you know, we've had so much like weird, 
power authoritarian structures that like suppress people that like i feel like suppressed people have nothing else to lose and we kind of just make nothing out of we make something out of nothing and it's to fight these systems you know graffiti is a very very anarchist you know uh art form like we don't like government and we don't like authority and we're gonna do it because like we want to do it but a part of it's just also saying fuck the system and yeah, it's, it's going to be a big thing, and then eventually it's going to get commercialized, and now it's super profitable, and people can make money off of it, and it's actually, like, sustainable in our system. And I'm just like, well, like, I will never predicted that, but, like, I mean, that's just, like, a, honestly, it's, like, a really bad example, but... What if, like, in terms of AI, let's say that, you know, graffiti writers get around police because in a way they're human yeah. like what if ai they put out these like superhuman like super um vandal squad bots oh, like essentially graffiti would dissipate in a way because like it would be a crazy mission yeah. to even catch a tag you know if like no, they're yeah. scanning the area and like drones will fucking snatch you up and throw you in like bookings Yo. you know so what do you think of that like if ai would uh, I mean, they already have the technology to do that. Yeah. I don't even think that's even like an AI. I mean, it is an AI thing. We've been using AI for a minute. Um, but yeah, we're fucked. I don't know. Uh, I, I think we'll figure it out, you know? I think if AI gets to that level, that means AI is pretty accessible. Yeah. So I can have my own little like AI button where I like shut off a whole right. field of motherfuckers that are chilling. Yeah. I don't know. You know what? I'm not going to discredit the people who think AI is going to be a bad thing. I think they're valid as fuck because I don't think people in power will use AI for good. I think that's all bullshit. Uh, I know this because the CEO of the AI company that I worked for was heavily invested into defense and oil and drilling and things that weren't what I would hope to imagine that AI could do good for. And yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, for sure. It's definitely very possible that one day we could live in an authoritarian system where robot cops are way stronger and smarter and faster and they have capabilities that we don't have and will completely stop us from doing anything bad outside of the system. I mean, like, that's sure. the thing. That's the thing. Uh, one of the things about AI is, is that it's not what if we live in a world where AI this or what if we live in a world where robot that. It's what if we live in a world where the people who control AI are stupid or immoral yeah. because they're the ones programming it. Yeah, and it's that, not like the fear of AI. It's the fear of the humans that already exist that are already boning shit. Yeah. So it doesn't really like, it's not a matter of like what happens then. It's like, what happens now? We're in it right yeah. now. There's literally millions of humans that yeah. a lot of them are just kind of dumb or immoral. Mm -hmm. Some of these same humans are going to, uh, you know, yeah. be designing the AI to fit their, their needs. Yeah. That's mean, the problem. It's not really like, the thing in, in like this is ai mm -hmm. you know exactly. but uh, like me using it's not a big problem but if i'm yeah. using it to go on the black market and like sell kidneys yeah then like <laughs> it's me the problem not like ah oh, the ai is like throw yeah, the shit out the exactly. window you it's, know what i mean it's what humans use technology to do and technology is great and can better our lives but humans aren't like always the best uh things and i don't doubt for a second that people will use ai for the betterment of themselves and to keep people suppressed oppressed or whatever uh yeah I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all i mean the government and politicians you know they're all whack for that like corporations control them and they have an objective and it's not for our lives to be any better i mean don't get me wrong iphones are great i love iphones but damn like i wish there was a substitute for it i mean they control the whole market like come on apple like y'all are making a phone 
the battery lasts not that long. Uh, like, what's up with all like the different plugs? I know what y'all are doing. Y'all are trying to block out other phone makers so y'all can be the only one. And y'all love saving money to make giving us a shittier phone. Um, yeah, because they could make it borderline yeah. indestructible yeah. if they felt like it. Um, I just got off topic there. But uh, AI is like hella scary for sure. <laughs> it should be like good. And technology has been good. Like, I love iPhones. And you know, iPhones have done a lot for me. Uh, checking the weather and social media. and I don't know. It's, it's got a lot of cool things. The internet being connected at the same time. Man, Facebook is really down to, like, sell my information to advertisers and shoot me ads that I do not want. And also give away my uh, information to the government to possibly prosecute me. Like, I know they're, they're down for that shit. And these tech lords, they, they say one thing, but they're really actually another thing. And I don't trust them for sure. And yeah. Like, yeah, it's pretty crazy that we live in a world that the thing you need to, I guess, be on top in a way is money. And via my iPhone and his computer, I could just mm-hmm. pull some quick buttons and somehow have thousands of dollars just deposited into my account. Yeah. And like, you know, obviously an illegal means, but I'm saying like, this is a crazy world that we live in. Yeah. Like, you know, we all know people who are credit card scammers who just straight yeah. up like do nothing and just like ding, mad money falls into their account and then that's the end of that. And yeah, it's it's insane. I know, right? I got scammed once off PayPal. That was crazy. Fucking Elon Musk, man, what's good? <laughs> have you ever have you ever been on one of those like scamming websites? No, but I, like, I saw one um, that like I know someone who's like whatever kind of into it. And it's yeah. just like a page where they show you yeah. like credit card numbers and the percentages of yeah. like when, how, how likely it is it will yeah. work and how much each one costs for all the, the info of the credit card. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know, like a dollar 25, maybe 20 for one that's yeah. like 90% going to work or like, yeah, it's some, not it's some not, crazy shit. It's not that hard to breach people's information. Hacking is not what you think. It's actually really easy. Uh, you, you know, check your spam, you know, on your Gmail, like, uh, some of that shit looks pretty real. They might ask for your bank information, and you would have thought, damn, I gave away my bank information. Just, you know, there goes your money. Like, that shit, it's not that hard to do. Yeah, and it's not, it's not even like um, like these tech companies are unwillingly stealing this from us. Like, a lot of yeah. us are willingly giving our information, like, through exactly. social media, like, personal information, like, from where we live to who we live with, from our pets to, like, mm-hmm. where we work, like, everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. you know so it's it's not only like you know the big brother taking our shit it's yeah. uh you know a lot of us are just com- get, got so comfortable and yeah. since a lot of people are doing it we just willingly just like yeah. connect our bank accounts to every little thing yeah we were duped yeah. you know and that's why i don't believe in blaming the consumer it's not the consumer's fault it's the it's the you know it's the policy maker but at the same time it's like yeah no, i'm like, sure it's definitely still all connected like, like you know it's not an accident that we've become so comfortable you know yeah. there's like people that have jobs that make us addicted to these things and make us comfortable to the point where we do do that you know it it almost makes sense though because you know we're just doing this podcast do you want people to come and listen again of course you do uh so we're gonna make it as addictive as possible if i had the ability to make it as addictive as possible i would yeah because i'm not gonna say i would but like i probably would you know because Because, of course, I want this. And, and then you'd bring us. that. Uh, yeah, it'll benefit us. Yeah. And you'll be on some, like, especially when it comes to bigger, more important things, like making money or some shit. You'll be like, screw it, yo. If no, they're going to keep coming back. Do anything, and then you'll yeah. convince yourself that it's not really immoral because you're they're willingly 
you know, in a capitalist, like there's, there's usually like other, there's a lot of competition. Uh -huh. So you could say like, oh, it's not a big deal if I'm making it addictive because if they wanted to, like they could listen to this one or this one instead. Yeah. So I'm good. And imagine with phones, you, you'll, you're going to make so much money. You're going to convince yourself that it's valid no matter what. Yeah. Well, who cares? Like if I steal a little bit of their information off of Facebook, as long as they're not fucking jihadist terrorist groups, then uh -huh. it doesn't really, they, why should they care? Oh, they shouldn't. So then I'll just use this to better myself. That's mm -hmm. what they say. And you know, in a way, you could see it from that lens and be like, oh, it makes fucking sense. Why yeah. they? Why wouldn't you do that if you had yeah. the power to do it? In that moment, no one is looking. Fuck it. You yeah, know, that's exactly. what they're going to say. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of people think, like you said, um, themselves. Like, uh, I remember I was talking to a family member because of the conspiracy with the vaccine and the chip yeah. in it. He's like... I don't care. I'll take the if there's a chip in it. I'll take the vaccine anyway. I have nothing to hide. Yeah. That's that's the mindset. You know, yeah. like it doesn't matter. Like whatever. Like it's easier. Like I'll have all my money on like my shit. Like my ID. Like I'll just like fucking do anything I want. It's convenient. You know, I have nothing to hide. That's the yeah. mentality. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I think we're already being tracked and we've been tracked. Fucking, it's too late. You know. It's funny. All eyes are on us. People think, uh, oh, they're scared of the chip inside of us, yeah. but like to get on the train, you can now scan your debit yeah. card with the chip on it. You know, know. to um. Who's got that database? And it's like, crazy. Yeah, fuck? I was thinking about that. I was like, what came first? Because like the chip, the idea of the chip on the debit card, mm -hmm. or the MTA installing those little computers. You yeah. know, because essentially, I don't. It, it, I just when I got here today, I was thinking of that shit. It's yeah. interesting. Ever since we've had an IP address, we've been tracked, and um, yeah, it sucks. But fuck it, <laughs> just be careful. Um, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I have a question, like, this is just, like, my psychedelic mind in terms of AIs and, like, being sentient beings. Because, mm -hmm. like, for movies like iRobot, you know, like, yeah. where that uh, it started, like, painting portraits and, like, thinking for itself. And, uh, you know, like, because essentially, um, from what I understand, AIs is just is just coding, right? Like, the yeah. programming. So it's, it's only, like, limited, you know, up yeah. until the coding that the person provides for it. Yeah. Do you think that it would be possible for the AI to somehow hit me around that and, like, start thinking for itself? Definitely. Really? Yeah, 100%. And soon, too, 50 years, maybe, even, mm. you know, not, maybe not even. Like, uh, there's two different types of AI. There's something called artificial narrow intelligence, mm -hmm. which is what we use, you know, like Siri and shit. Like, they have... Bro, that shit creeps me out. Yeah. I mean. they, they have a specific uh, function, and they learn about it, and they get better at it, and, you know, but it's limited to that one function. And there's something called artificial general intelligence, uh, acronym is AGI. And that's when shit hits the fan, like, oh, fuck, like, they could think for themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, they're learning at a very fast rate, and they can do a lot of things, actually, and become a lot of things and have different skills and ultimately become very close to being human. Um, yeah, so that is a real thing and kind of scary. But well, There was, like, a chess, uh, there was, like, an AI that faced, like, the best chess player ever yeah. or whatever, and the first time they, they played it lost and then within a span of four hours it ended up beating like the unbeatable yeah. and it beat it because it doesn't think like a human so it can think yeah. more outside the box yeah. because it thinks in very unconventional ways so the chess moves that it would do the the like the champion player mm -hmm. had never seen them before so he was like why would you put that there that makes no sense yeah. but this ai had learned on its own in a very non-human way to mm -hmm. do something so it led to like essentially just like artificial creativity yeah 
And exactly. it was, and it whipped its ass. Yeah, like the unwhippable. Yeah. It's I always thought that you know, if there's one thing that humans do have, it's creativity. That's why we should always do the art thing. That's why I gave up on like certain career things. You know, I didn't want to do certain technical functions in life. But then I like started to realize, okay, you know what? Creativity can be uh, fucking can be coded. Can no, be it can be because all it is is the neurons <laughs> in your brain. It's like yeah. if you can make you can make that a mathematical model mm-hmm. and put it into a robot times four thousand. Yeah. You can exactly and these computers like their com- computation just gets better and better every day, and they get smaller too. These chips are really small and they can do a lot. And uh, we we're just getting older and stupider. I feel fucking way more dumber than I did like back when I was younger fucking those paint films and stuff all the chrome yeah i've been thinking about that (laughs) like shit i'm gonna fucking die soon fucking the chrome is not good i mean no paint is good but i know the chrome is like different level of toxin i know it's a good thing you don't do only chrome anymore i know good thing i gave up doing chrome fills she was you know realized that she was toy for my health (laughs) (laughs) so stick to black fills only yo uh Uh, thank you for coming on the show bro thank you so much yeah Peace. Fuck yeah.